through to Madrid to the Champions League final. Leicester's very own fantastic Mr. Fox. Everybody and welcome back to Slapcast 2019-20. This is episode seven, and we're continuing on as we always do. Uh, unfortunately, we're again without Josh, which is a tragedy. He had to bail at the last minute, um, but we are with Ethan and Reese, and no guests. So tonight it's just the three of us. So happy times, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good. How are you? How are you? I am. Nice. Yeah, that was that was pretty much in sync from my end. That's pretty good. I was hoping you would do it as well, so that worked out. That was nice. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Um, it's a miserable weekend to be a Spurs fan, unfortunately. So we'll get onto that in a bit, but yeah, I'm I'm true. mild, like hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Let's get started. All right. So we're gonna take a look at the English teams, how they did in the Champions League this week, and starting off, Chelsea losing. Uh, to Valencia. Was Chelsea home? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, beating Valencia isn't for everyone, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't really know what went wrong for Chelsea, I guess. Um, I think it's more I, of the same. I mean, they started a lot of... Um, like, they, they rotated a lot of players in this match, yeah, so I okay. think that could be part of it. Um... Yeah, I mean, actually, not really. Now that I look at their lineup, they the only players that or the only rotation players that started were uh, Tamori and Willian. Everyone else was first team, so I'm not exactly too sure. I think they probably found the organize organization of Valencia's defense a bit difficult to break down. Um, so yeah. Unfortunately, I think our analysis on the Champions League games isn't going to be too too high because I don't I think they're poorly timed for us to watch, but we still want to gloss over the results at least and just uh, keep an eye on how things are going. So let's move on quickly before we mug ourselves off. Definitely. So Napoli ended up being Liverpool two nil, which was a huge upset. I did watch a little bit of the game, and it seems that Liverpool were not in the right mindset. Yeah, beating uh, Napoli away isn't for everybody either. Uh, in other <laughs> words, we're the greatest team in the world. Uh-huh. It's, only, it's only uh, it's only right uh, by by uh, transitive property. We yeah. won the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish it worked like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one thing that's worth pointing out is that Fernando Llorente, God bless his soul, scored in this game uh, for Napoli. This result, I think, happened last year, too. I think Napoli beat Liverpool 2-0 at home last season as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they did, because um, ma- the manager uh, talked to Klopp afterwards and said something like, well, if we know anything from last season, uh, whoever loses to Napoli 2-0 wins the entire competition. Yeah. Something along the lines of that. So, <laughs> So Liverpool, though... I mean, they didn't look fantastic in their Premier League game this weekend either, so they do have some defensive issues that we know about. Uh, and in this game, their offense just wasn't firing, so that really kind of hurt them. 
they did play a full-strength side, however. Uh, they played their full 11 that's present. Obviously, Allison is still out with an injury, but they played their highest-strength squad that they have available um, and still uh, failed to score and gave away a penalty as well. Matip on that one. So not the best for Liverpool, although I'm sure they'll be all right because their group is not too difficult. So moving on to uh, Spurs, which this episode really is going to be the tale of Spurs blowing leads uh, because Spurs were up 2-0 at halftime in this... Uh, no, sorry, they were up 2-0 at one point. Um, much Actually, this game was extremely similar to the North London Derby, uh, almost frighteningly so. Uh, Spurs scored twice, admittedly undeservedly so. Olympiacos, for the record, were definitely the better side in this game. Um, I was very impressed by Daniel Podence, especially. He's a very good player. Olympiacos have played played some absolutely free-flowing, gorgeous football in this match as well. So I think they could be one to keep an eye on, especially because um, they could do some damage in this group because I could actually see them beating... Um, well, obviously, I'll probably see them beating Red Star. They could beat Spurs in the return leg, um, and then Bayern. They'll probably give them a run. We'll have to see. Of yeah, course. we also we also pointed this fixture out. Um, playing Olympiacos away at their stadium, it's it's going to be very very tough. So I'm not that surprised with the result. To be honest, I was a little surprised um, the way it happened with blowing the two 0 lead. Right. But um, I think. Yeah, this is this is really kind of expected in a way. Uh, it is disappointing to see it go the way it did, though, for some people, not for me. But yeah, so I think if you had, if you had said we would draw the game before the game, I would have largely been okay with it because that's generally how the Champions League goes. You know, you mm-hmm. you draw or you win at home and don't lose away, and then yep. you'll be in good shape. So, I mean, the, the result isn't awful, but the nature of the result is what sort of um, yep. irks me to no end, especially considering the exact same thing happened to us against Arsenal. I mean, it was almost carbon copy because Olympiacos scored just on the cusp of halftime, and then it was all pressure from them, um, barring like one or two chances for Spurs. So, uh, Deli Alley did score in the second half, but it was chalked off, rightfully so, for offside. Um which isn't the first time, or was won't be the last time we talk about uh, goals being chalked off for offside against Spurs this was week that, um, either. Was that, was that Delhi's first game back? Uh, he came on briefly in the Palace game, I think, and then oh, did he? Yeah, oh. but uh, Delhi, this was his first start, and That's then he good. didn't travel to Leicester on the weekend. So okay. I think Potch is just rotating him in and out of the squad as he kind of achieves full fitness again. Yeah. So. Yeah, disappointing uh, in the manner of the result, but not disastrous for Spurs. So, so moving on to the next game, this one will be a quick one because it's uh, pretty much exactly what we expect. Um, Man City thumping Shakhtar in three uh, 0 Honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't higher. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they absolutely dominated the game. Yeah. This is the hardest fixture for them in the group, though, as well. Away to Donetsk. Um, obviously, away trips to Ukraine are never particularly easy with uh, the weather and the nature of the fans, but obviously it wasn't a problem for City, so I could honestly see them getting six wins for six in this group. I think yep. they could easily yeah. wipe the floor here. So, 
yeah, I think that's all. That's all we need to say on that one, really. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So now we move on to the English teams in the Europa League, and uh, first game is Frankfurt Arsenal, um, and we won three uh, zero. <laughs> so we kept a clean sheet in an away match. Uh, also against Frankfurt, who I don't think lost any of their home matches in the Europa League last season. Yeah, returning semifinalists as well. Yeah, from last season. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed with Callum Chambers, uh, who I want to talk about some more later. But uh, again, our only two clean sheets this season coming when he starts in the defense, um, which I don't think is necessarily completely due to him, but. Uh, I think he does play a part he in that. He definitely and does also, have a role. Yeah, standout performance from Bakayo Saka. Definitely made his mark, and he earned his start on the weekend, but some unfortunate incidents saw him coming off at halftime for a defender. But uh, yeah, he had uh, two assists and a, a really great goal, so I was really impressed with him. Yeah, y'all's youngsters are coming up uh, like really well, and it's good to see them playing and scoring in Europa League games. Yeah, our academy, I think, is definitely one of the best um, yeah. in England, for sure. It might, so, it probably is the best in England right now. Yeah, besides maybe Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, Yeah, but I don't need, like, because half of their players that came through the academy have already spent four or five seasons out on loan. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true, that's true. So Arsenal true, has sort yeah. of developed them in their own system. I mean, obviously, there's a few exceptions, like Smith Rowe and um, uh, Nelson. But Nielsen. Yeah, I think, like, um, Sokka's never been out on loan uh, professionally, has he? No. Yeah, so neither has Willock, I don't think. So, yeah, several players in there yeah. that have been performing well this season uh, that came straight from the academy. So that's always good to see from a grassroots perspective, of course. Uh, so, yeah, I think Arsenal, I mean, really positive here. Obviously, they may have taken some of this momentum into the next game, which we will discuss, obviously, uh, in the upcoming discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so positive results for Arsenal around here, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, continuing with talking about the academy, uh, Manchester United beat Astana 1-0, coming through Mason <laughs> yes, you Mason. completely cut out when you said his last name, so it was just Mason. <laughs> He's just gone. Oh, <laughs> he just got lost in the He's void. He's gone. Okay. Uh, well, it came through Mason Greenwood, which is good to know. Um, <laughs> Mason. And this game uh, was definitely not Man United at their best, unfortunately. Um, Obviously, Astana, the champions from Kazakhstan, they did come and they were relatively well defensively organized, but United, I mean, there is some real problems here um, with their creative play. The shots were 20-3 to in favor of Man United, so not much going forward uh, from the likes of Astana, but United, who played a very, very rotated team, I might add, um, are managing to get the job done. They did bring on some of the starters later, though, so... Uh, yeah, perhaps not as concerning as it would be at first glance. Several academy players started, including Greenwood, Gomez, Chong, Tuanzebe, and... Chong. Yeah, Chong. Um, yeah, so not a terrible result for Manchester United. 
obviously. Um, we're going to take a quick break and find out what is happening with Ethan. We'll be right oh. back. And we're back. And Ethan's back. Yay. Uh, yeah. So Wolves are still without a win in literally any competition. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> they, oh, wow. They lost 1-0 uh, to Braga. Um, I did not watch this game. All I know I is that either. this is this is definitely a poor result for Wolves, and they still, even as of their last Premier League game, have not won a match in any competition, which is dire straits for them. So moving out of European football and into the Premier League, I suppose we have to get this out of the way now. Um, the early yeah. kickoff on Saturday, Leicester 2-1 victory over Spurs. This game, I mean, there's plenty to talk about here, that's for sure. So, uh, before we begin what will inevitably turn into a VAR conversation, I would just like to say that Leicester definitely deserved the points on the day here. Uh, they were the better team, they played better football, um, and in the end they showed the correct drive and determination to get the result, uh, which is disappointing from Spurs. Especially, I really thought we were having some, or we were showing some good progress after the win against Palace. But then the Olympiakos game came, and our old mentality sort of came back. And then this game came, and we completely cr fell apart. Um, it started off well, of course. 1-0 um, at halftime through an excellent goal from Harry Kane, uh, where he excellent was goal. laying on the ground. <laughs> yeah. and managed to chop it into the ground and over Casper uh, Schmeichel, which was unreal. Um, then after halftime is when all the things began to happen. So Serge Aurier scored a goal, um, which no one really questioned at first, but then we come back to look at the initial ball through, and VAR finds that Sun is approximately half a nanometer offside, um, which is frustrating for Spurs, of course. I, I mean, I've seen so many different arguments about why this is or isn't the right call, and honestly, I don't really... I mean, I feel like even if even if he had been blatantly offside, like Spurs should still have had the mentality to finish out the game. So this is definitely not to be blamed on VAR because uh, Leicester also had a goal in the first half chalked off for offside. It's worth mentioning. Uh, more obviously so than the Sun one, but still. Um, so I guess all of that aside, let's dive into that VAR discussion that is so inevitable. Um the whole sort of crux, I guess, of the argument that people have is the clear and argument, clear and argument, clear and obvious <laughs> clause, uh, which I'm not actually sure if that applies to offside or not. But unfortunately, I think even with the lines that they showed on the screen, there's still a debate as to whether or not this goal is offside. Which yeah, there's there's definitely a margin of error with VAR and offside when it's that close. Which is tricky to say, of course, because then you start saying, like, well, what's the margin of error? And it's like, well, if he's approximately two centimeters offside, then we allow the goal. And it's like, well, then you've just changed the nature of the rule of offside. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's frustrating because I don't think Sun gained any undue advantage in this play, which obviously yeah. is the point of ruling a goal out for offside. Um, the other thing that's worth mentioning is, Technically, the okay. This is another confusing area when it comes to offside. Is that you can only disallow a goal if the offside took place in the same phase of play as the like as the offside, or as the the offside and the goal took place in the same phase of play. You catch my drift. Um, 
and uh, Sun was tackled by Sayunku um, in the box, which some would argue is a, a passage into the next phase of play before the ball fell to Arya, who struck and scored. So that's another, um, I suppose, frustrating area for Spurs, gray area, because definitely if this goal had stood, Spurs would have gone on to win the game because that, that completely killed the momentum for Leicester. Yeah. Um, so it is frustrating, and also the officials in VAR have freely admitted that they don't have the frame rate capable to find the exact moment at which a player strikes the ball, mm-hmm. like to pass. So there's so many questions with this, but it's so difficult to say because all of this is so difficult to quantify, and that's the problem. Um, it's like it's hard to explain, but it, it's kind of like you're going to be frustrated at it, and if it happened to Arsenal, I'd be frustrated. But it, if it happened against us and it wasn't ruled offside, it's like, okay, well, it, it's hard to tell either way. So I think they kind of have to rule it offside because someone's going to be upset either way. No, I, you know I agree, yeah, because mm-hmm. if they don't rule this off and then that image comes out to where he is like a, a fraction offside, then there's a riot because VAR is not doing what it's meant to do and all this sort of stuff. So basically, either way, people are pissed off, which generally seems to be how things go now in, in the game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely – I think this has been the tightest offside call we've seen uh, so far. That There was one against Sterling in game week one, which was very similar, I think. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see how that progresses as we move on. Hopefully – plays will end up just being onside and this won't happen to any other teams um, because it's yeah. insanely frustrating. But, yeah, I think that... Interestingly, are... um, it seems that Spurs have a curse right now of 2-0 leads because Arsenal, Olympiacos, and then technically they had a 2-0 lead for a couple seconds. I saw a tweet that was like, only Spurs could be up 2-0 and lose 2-1. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Spurs. Yeah, I mean they say a two-nil lead is the most dangerous lead, and apparently that's true for Spurs because we can't hold one. So, yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on to a different scoreline that was not nearly as close as the um, Manchester City responding to that Norwich game, like we said that they probably would, and thumping Watford. 8-0. And I think my main takeaway, obviously it's Man City. I kind of expected a very high scoreline. But I was saying it before De Bruyne got injured. Then obviously my, my mind kind of wandered because I hadn't seen him play in a while. But now that he's back and he's proving himself, I think De Bruyne could be considered the best midfielder in the world right now. I he agree. is just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's absolutely he's, off the charts. He's very good at picking out every pass. And it, even the times they didn't score, he, he was literally picking them out every time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, City do obviously have an insanely good record against Watford. They beat them 6-0 last season in the FA Cup final. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they've beaten them 8-0. So on their last two meetings in all competitions, City have an aggregate score of 14-0, uh, which is unfortunate for Watford, of course. Um, Watford also still without a win and they now have like a negative 500 goal differential. So, uh, that's unfortunate for them. Uh, so yeah, city, 
are back, quote-unquote, I guess. Not that they ever really left. I think this does happen to them over the course of the season. And Liverpool won't maintain the perfect record. Some team will beat them. Um, probably City, City are the breadsticks of the Premier League. They're back. What They're a, back, what but a they classic never left. reference. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. I mean, City, complete, <laughs> complete, complete obliteration. All right, so talking about the Crystal Palace versus Wolves, and uh, I wish I could inform you and tell you that it was 1-0, but it, it was really 1-1. And uh, I am upset because there have been two times where we left it late. One time we got lucky with Aston Villa, but this time we did not with Wolves. And I just want to say that Benteke had a chance on goal one-on-one, and he shot it right at him. Or at Rui Patricio, so I'm I'm just gonna slide this all on Benteke. I think also, obviously he he scored the goal due to some deflections, but Joel Ward, um, he, he had or the the pass that ended yeah. up being a goal. Yeah, that was weird. Missed the ball. Um, yeah. so that's really unfortunate to see, but uh, yeah, he he completely missed it, and yeah. it fell straight to him. So. Uh, very unfortunate, but um, yeah, this this uh, obviously um, it's like we talked about these wolves without a win still, a couple draws actually a lot of draws. Four, but, um, yeah, yeah, without a win, they're suffering the same fate that Burnley suffered last season. Being in the Europa League has really seemingly destroyed their cohesion as a squad. Mm-hmm. So, any final thoughts on Palace, Ethan? I just I hope winter we splash the cash because we really need a new right back. I love Joel Ward, but he I don't think he can play every other week like he has been so far. And we definitely need a striker competent of a one-on-one. I, f- I feel like if we kept IU on, I feel like he probably would have scored that. I feel like Scrappy the Eagle would have scored that. <laughs> you know, or Scrappy. What am I talking about? Uh, Kayla. The Scrappy Eagle. the UNT. Yeah. Eagle, <laughs> Too many eagles in my life, man. But, um, uh, no, but I, anyone could have scored that. I probably could have scored that, knowing my klutz feet. But we'll move on from that. We'll probably end up losing again next week. Yeah, I kind of think that y'all. Uh, I think your defense. It, it's been met. But like I think y'all could do if y'all kept the same defense and honestly used all the all of the uh, Wambazaka money on a striker, y'all would improve yeah. so much. Like getting I, a top quality striker in that side. Yeah, the chance would. creation is there. It's just it's not getting finished. That's the thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I think the defense is good enough to survive for now. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. striker, and then worry about uh, the defense in the summer. Yeah, I um. One thing I would like to point out is that Cahill has looked amazing, and I actually, and I was questioning why we were going to sign him, but I think he's been a real good acquisition. Yeah, so. that's good. That's positive. I'm looking to see the XG on this game. XG was actually for Palace 0.98 and for Wolves 1.46. So Wolves actually seem to have had more clear cut chances in this game. They did, uh, but Palace. Uh, scored first, obviously, in the Wolves with the heartbreaker 
uh, by yeah. the end. So, yeah, there was a lot of chances that they could have easily scored, but I feel like Guaida is just one of those underrated keepers that gets little recognition. Recognition, but he is. I think he is really one of the best outside of the top six. I wouldn't say he is the best. No, outside I, of the top I six. agree. Yeah, he's just one of them, though. So that's all I'll say. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, moving on to uh, Man United losing away at West Ham. Uh, West Ham, I mean, this game, neither team really performed all that well. Uh, West Ham had a few. They had a lucky goal, and then they had a, a gorgeous free kick from Aaron Cresswell, um, which put them on top here. And... Yeah, Yarmolenko uh, is the one who scored the lucky goal. He's back involved for West Ham, which is good to see. Again, problems at the back for Man United. Problems in creativity. Problems linking the midfield to the attack. Nemanja Matic is, quite frankly, not a Premier League player anymore. No. Uh, and they should be looking to shift him on as, as soon as possible, I think. And Solskjaer's free-flowing style, as we expected, continues to not work against more organized sides in the Premier League, uh, which at this stage is pretty much every side minus Chelsea, <laughs> which is why they beat Chelsea 4-0. <laughs> um, so, yeah, West Ham yep. doing the business on West uh, on Man United, and that's that's pretty much that. This game kind of went pretty much how I expected it to. Obviously, the scoreline I think I predicted was a little bit different, but I, I predicted West Ham to win. And what I said was that uh, neither team have really impressed me recently, but West Ham have impressed me more than Man U. And I think that's kind of right. how the game went because neither yeah. team were very impressive, but West Ham were a little bit more impressive. That is so true. They, they scraped away a win. Interesting stuff. Uh, <laughs> On to the most bizarre game <laughs> that I've seen in a very long time. All righty. My, oh, my source of God. joy. Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Arsenal, 3-2 against Aston Villa. Um, you sound like you're about to cry. <laughs> I am. I'm so happy. <laughs> well, I mean, most people would be like, oh, you're excited that you beat Aston Villa. Uh, but, like, it's the it's the manner that it happened. Like, down a man, having, having to score three goals while down a man, very... Um, it, it's it's very impressive, I think. It so, shows fight that I shows. wish my club had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the first, um, it was Ginduzi's man that he lost. However, I don't want to keep defending Ginduzi because you should mark your... But I think that this issue could be solved by playing a different midfield because Ginduzi's not a defensive midfielder, neither is Xhaka. If you play Torreira into the in defensive midfield that could be his man and he would hopefully stay on him but um after after that though uh Ginduzi had another amazing performance um on attacking wise uh really really led the comeback in in many ways uh my voice is shaky <laughs> uh, you sounded like Post uh, Malone <laughs> But um, what am I trying to say? I'm just I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers. Oh, the penalty. The first goal was the penalty. So 
Uh, yeah, Ganduzi's driving run into the box, a flash of brilliance from him, and then Abamyang being classic Abamyang and giving the penalty to someone else to boost confidence like he did with Lacazette. Um, and Pepe getting his first goal for the boys. So I'm um, very excited about that. Um, then, then we conceded shortly after. Uh, largely David Luiz's fault. Um, he, uh, again, like I was talking with Palace, he had an opportunity to clear and he whiffed the ball. It was um, one minute after, in fact. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that, Wesley, was, that was really upsetting. Wesley scoring the goal. Yeah. But then um, the substitutes, uh, man. Emery got them right this game, I will say. Callum Chambers, <laughs> he can play everywhere. He's he's a center back for us. He's a center defensive midfielder. And I, th- I think his time playing midfield has – because now he's kind of – he's a defender, but he's um, – his dribbling has gotten better because he's had to play in midfield his past and uh, obviously his shooting as well. Um and it was a top-class finish, top finish from him. Um, mm-hmm. But again, the pass to him was from Ganduzi. Um, Did he, he came on for Xhaka, right? Am I right in saying that? No, Chambers came on for Saka at, at halftime. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. And then Torreira came on for Xhaka. Um, and Danny... Uh, Sabayos came off for Willick yeah. is the one that you're Oh, no, Willick, Willick came on for Sabayos. Yeah. And Willick looked great when he came on, too. And then Aubameyang, I love him. Uh, yeah, I love him so much. He's scored and assisted every game this season for us in all competitions. Scored or assisted, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's what yeah, he said. He's, oh, I thought I said A. No, I think he said or. Whatever. Oh well, but yeah, uh, great fight from the boys. Uh, substitutions were on point. What I'd like to see, I think, the midfield that we ended up playing at the end is what we should start. Although, so I, I would say that who always pretty much need to start is Ganduzi and Torreira together, and then I think Willick and Ceballos are kind of interchangeable. But I think one of them, whoever's not playing, should be subbed on because they both have made impacts from uh, substitutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Chambers needs to start in defense, whether it's at right back, because honestly he's looked good at right back, um, or hopefully I would love to see him at center back with Rob Holt. So yeah, very exciting match. Yeah, um, my VAR-ridden soul is going to bring up a couple issues here. Uh, the first one is that the Aubameyang free kick actually should not have stood. Uh, because there were Arsenal players within a yard of the defensive wall, which is no longer allowed. Uh, so VAR should have called that one back. <laughs> obviously, they didn't, which is, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, obviously, lucky break, uh, which does happen to some teams. <laughs> and, uh, well, one that's a little bit less objective, I think. The was It, it was Xhaka handball, right? The one You know the one yeah, I'm referencing? Soccer. Oh, Socrates, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it definitely comes off his shoulder, sort of like lower shoulder area, tricep kind of thing. Um, which Reese, you brought up, obviously is in a natural position and sort of um, not on the show. You brought this up off the show, um, yeah. and so it's hard to give that as a penalty. Uh, but I would come back to you and say the Champions League final. <laughs> um, 
which a less obvious, less goal-denying opportunity was given as a penalty in the biggest game in Europe. So I would suggest I think that, that, that was, is a penalty I think the in a straight red card. I think the difference is that Socrates' arm is still somewhat down, and uh, Sissoko's arm was at a right angle. I guess like he was, he was I pointing. Guess that's true. I don't know. I, I do. Think, I get. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. So anyway, this obviously, I I generally refrain from putting my Spurs hat on on this podcast, but that did irk me, especially the Abamian goal not getting called back. Um, but you know, I honestly didn't even know that was a rule. Yeah, it, it was a new rule as of, as of this season. Attacking players are no longer allowed to stand in the wall. Um, and both David Luiz and Callum Chambers are standing in the wall, so VAR missing a double whammy there. Um, it was introduced along with a number of rules this season. So, yeah, I mean... I guess something we forgot to talk about was um, Malin Niles getting sent off. Oh, yeah. Forgot that happened. Um, I don't know how I missed this. Um, yeah, the first yellow, definitely a yellow. The second one... Um, to be honest, I don't think it was a yellow. I've watched it over and over again. I still don't think it was a yellow. I honestly think it could have been a yellow um, on whoever got fouled. I don't even remember who it was. I don't remember either. Because it, it looked like they stepped on him. But um, yeah, I, I think from the ref's position, he kind of has to give it a yellow. We talked about this off podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Like He doesn't have a great view. And... Um, he, yeah, it's it's like, if he, and VAR can't make decisions on yellow cards. Right, yeah. And so, it, like, if he has the footage, I think he goes, yeah, that's that's a clean challenge. But if he doesn't, I think, if I was the ref, it's, I probably would have had to give a yellow there, because, uh, I don't know, you just, it's it's one of the things that we're talking about, where it's, it's frustrating, but you can't really complain. Right. Yeah, there's a very similar one um, in the Spurs game. Sissoko had a tackle that was almost identical to that. Like, he got ball and everything, and the man sort of goes flying in dramatic fashion, and the ref blows and gives a yellow for what I assume is reckless conduct. Um, and, it, I mean, it's tough because in in reality, if you look at that, that's a clean tackle. But yeah. the, the problem, I guess, lies when the referee sort of isn't at a clear angle and sort of sees the aggressiveness of the tackle. And so, like you say, it kind of has to give a yellow. And I do think it's stupid that VAR can't review second yellows because I feel like I do too. That's equivalent to a red card. Obviously, as it's kind of in the same knows. vein that they can't review some goals. Yeah, like like I heard a ref. I heard thing. a ref say. Uh, I mean, one of the commentators was talking, and he was like, "VAR reviews all goals," and I was just like watching. No, I was like, no, they no, don't. They don't. Yeah, not, apparently not. <laughs> so, yeah, so red, there's, there's second some yellows bizarre... definitely. Bizarre things are happening with VAR this season, which I guess is what we should have expected because it's the first season um, that you know the Premier League has used it. Of course, mm-hmm. um, so hopefully that kind of this kind of stuff will go away, and it'll sort of they'll end up perfecting it in two or three seasons. Because um, obviously, I, I even the most fanatic VAR critic probably would agree that it's here to stay. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, as that may be to some perspective, I think it's a good thing. I just think they need to do it correctly, and right now I don't think they are. Um, well, in some aspects. I think they have done some things well. Offside, in particular, I think they've done a pretty good job with. Um, ironically, of course. But <laughs> there are other aspects, I think. The fact that they refuse to overturn any penalty decisions is slightly annoying. Um, 
Yeah, like the clear and obvious rule is too ambiguous. Yeah, for sure. So I think if it's a violation of the rules, they should give a penalty regardless of whether it's clear and obvious. Which obviously yeah. sometimes it's not necessarily clear and obvious whether it violated the rules, which is the crux of the problem. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think perhaps the laws of the game just need to tweak a little bit to integrate VAR in a more effective way. So, yeah, okay, we've spent too much, altogether too much time discussing VAR, so let's move on quickly. Unless you have any closing remarks on Arsenal, Reese. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. All right. All right, so Liverpool beat Chelsea 2-1, and uh, Liverpool are continuing their winning streak uh, with a good Trent Alexander-Arnold goal and a good header from Firmino. So. From two very similar set pieces. Yeah, the sort of backheel flick to move. Very like Tony Kroos-esque from the World Cup yeah. um, in the yeah. way that it was set up. Gorgeous free kick, of course, from Alexander-Arnold. And uh, good finish from Firmino on the header. Uh, terrible marking from Chelsea. Yeah. And then, of course, the N'Golo Conte goal. It was a great um, goal, by the way. Good goal, mm-hmm. yeah. Dribbled past the men. Good finish in the top corner. So. Yeah, I I wasn't surprised with the result. Um, yeah, Liverpool keep going on. It I definitely... Say, I... I it was closer than I thought it'd be, to be honest. I was going to say, credit to Chelsea, sort of in the last half of the game, they did really well to fight back um, and put the pressure on, so that's good for them, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool, like you say, continue to run the train. What's <laughs> uh, um, funny, what's funny? Huh? Ethan so kindly <laughs> reminded me of before the show. Um <laughs> So yeah, I think that covers our in-depth reviews. We'll move on quickly and discuss uh, as quickly as we can some of these other matches that happened. Bournemouth uh, came out 3-1 winners over Southampton in their first ever win over St. Mary's. I mean, over Southampton at St. Mary's. uh, Which featured one of the most ludicrous goals. The third (laughs) goal scored by Bournemouth. I mean, Reese, would you care to describe this goal? Or did you see it? He's dead. Rest in peace. Oh, you you were like completely ghost mode, cut out. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't talking. Oh, oh, did you hear what I said? <laughs> no. Oh, I said, would you care to describe that goal? Oh, yeah, you you cut out, and so I was just like, uh, I, he's fine on his end, so I'll just let him say it, okay. but I couldn't hear. <laughs> um, so Ramsdale just launches the ball up. Um, and then I don't even remember who the defender was, but he Vestergaard, Vestergaard misses misses the ball uh, when he tries to head it away initially. Then he, there's miscommunication with the goalie, and he's like, "Oh, you can come out and get it." And then he's like, "Actually, I'm gonna get it." And then they just both run into each other, and then Wilson is able to just walk the ball in. Essentially, he literally did too. He walked it almost all the way to the goal. Um... Yeah, and it's worth pointing out that neither Yannick Vestergaard nor Angus Gunn touched the ball, so technically Aaron Ramsdale is credited with an assist for this goal, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is ludicrous, um, and not the rapper. But, uh, yeah, so... Boo! Uh, I, Boo! <laughs> uh, that was funny. I'm just booing you. <laughs> no, it was stupid. Um, Burnley come out 2-0 winners over Norwich City. Surprisingly, maybe, to some. Uh, Everton... 
lose at home to Sheffield United, uh, which is one that I predicted last week. Speaking of which, I did not do the predictor league. Um, I didn't I either. I forgot. Ooh, I forgot. But it's okay because yeah. I, I would have gotten the Tottenham game wrong, which was the first match. I would so. have also gotten it wrong. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll, hopefully we'll get that done at some point. Uh, and then finally, Newcastle, nil-nil draw with Brighton. Blech, move on. Um, to the quiz. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that game. I did too. <laughs> I fell asleep in the 30th minute. And it, it was, I mean, it was honestly, that's like cliche, but it seriously was that boring. Um, asleep. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was an awful, awful game. I think, let me, I'm just, I'm mildly curious to see, um, what the XG was in this game. I can't imagine it was probably somewhere around zero for both teams. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, not 0.82 for Newcastle and 1.21 for Brighton, so not not terrible, uh, but definitely not a game that you would want to consider a classic. So moving on swiftly to the quiz, and in honor hey. of the Champions League group stages beginning, we've got a Champions League-themed quiz today. Ooh-ooh. Epic. Uh, and this quiz is... Can you name every club that has won the Champions League uh, at least Ooh. once? And this uh, comes, of course, speaking strictly about after the rebranding. We're not talking about um, teams winning it in, like, 1970. Uh, okay, good. So from 1992 on, teams that obviously that's, I mean, several years before any of us were even born. But um, hopefully your history is up to par. So... <laughs> there are 13 clubs who have a Champions League title to their name. Um, nice. Can you guess them all? Liverpool. Yes, with two. Chelsea. Yes, with one. United. Man U. Yeah. Yes, with two. Juventus. Yes, with one. Bayern Barca. Munich. Bayern, yes, two. Uh, Barca have got four. Real Madrid. Madrid. They've got seven since the rebranding, which is impressive. AC Milan. Uh, they've got uh, three, which puts them third highest. Uh, Inter Milan. Uh, yes, Inter with one. Um, uh, Ajax. Dortmund. Ajax and Dortmund both have one. Very nice. Uh, they both have one apiece to their name. Um, uh, you're missing two. You've got... Uh, no, yeah, you're missing two. <laughs> um... Uh, PSG have no, never, never won, won the Champions League, uh, although a club from France has. The first winners of the UEFA Champions League, as it was known, were actually a French club. Uh, Lyon. It was not. Marseille. It was Marseille. Very nice. interestingly, yeah, they won in 1992. Uh, and then the last one is a sort of infamous one. Uh, for one, Jose Mourinho's involvement. Um, oh, Porto. Yeah, FC Porto. So that is all 13. But you're not done yet, actually. We've got a second part to the quiz, which hey. is, can you name the top 10 all-time Champions League goal scorers? Ronaldo. He is number one with 126 Champions League goals. Wow. Uh, uh, Messi. Messi. Yeah, number two with 112. They're the only two players who have eclipsed 100 goals. And, the, or, frankly, the only two that have even come close. Um, Some of these are difficult, I will say. but Lewandowski? 
He is number six, probably soon to be number five. He's got 54. Dang. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it is difficult. Uh, there is one name on here that I did not expect to be on here. Wayne Rooney. He is not actually on this list. Very surprisingly. Ibra. Uh, Ibrahimovic at eight, tied for eighth with 48 goals. Um, let's see, one, out of them, two of them are still playing, currently. Uh, only one is still playing in a, wait, hold on. No, actually, only one of the remaining ones is still playing. Um, and he is playing for a side with which he's won the Champions League. Uh, uh, Bale? No. Hmm. Correct club, though. Modric. Oh, not Modric. Oh, uh, ben- Benzema? Yeah, Benzema. Number four, by the way, all-time Champions League goals with 60. Oh. Uh, so you're uh, missing... Uh, Suarez. No. Oh, wait, Actually, no, no, none no of the playing. remaining are playing. There's two that I don't expect you to get, frankly. Um, can we get a club at least? You can get a club. Uh, number three with 71 goals was a legendary midfielder who played for Real Madrid. Uh, Zidane. Not Zidane, actually. Despite his legend status in the Champions League, it was not Zinedine Zidane. He played Um, for Real Madrid for like 13 or 14 seasons, retired in 2011. It's a a name that you probably don't remember because he's sort of not talked about as much as he probably should be. Um, Another player on this list is... Um, Reese, I think you'll be disappointed that you haven't gotten him yet. Uh, he also represented... <laughs> what? That was a joke, that was <laughs> he, a joke. You also, um, will know that he played for the club that beat Arsenal in the Champions League final. I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal wait, legend. Wait, 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 we lost to Barca, right? Yeah. Wait, Henri? Yes, Thierry Henri. Number seven with 50 goals to his name. Uh, And then, okay, so you're missing three, obviously, who is the Real Madrid midfielder. You're missing number five, who's a Man United striker, uh, Dutch, legendary. It is not Van Persie. Uh, It is Van Nistelrooy. Rude Van Nistelrooy with 56 is at five. Uh, So now you're missing uh, nine and ten as well. Uh, actually, no, excuse me, joint eight and ten. Um, the player that's joint eight with Ibrahimovic is a player who made his name at AC Milan and moved to Chelsea and infamously did not do as well as he perhaps should have. He's from an obscure European country. Um, I believe he might have represented Inter as well. Let me double check on that. Oh. Oh. On to Chelsea. Yeah, so started at Dynamo Kiev, went to Milan, then went to Chelsea, then went back to Milan, and then went back to Dynamo Kiev. So he has a symmetric career, which is um, very pleasing to the eye. Uh, it may help you to know his nationality, which is Ukrainian. Oh. 
Ah, or perhaps not. Okay. A striker? A striker. Very famous for AC Milan and very famously terrible for Chelsea. For the record, <laughs> he's, he played 208 games in his first stint at AC Milan and scored 127 goals. Then at Chelsea, he played 48 games and scored nine. I'm trying to think of, like, Ukrainian yeah, players. Yeah. And then the last one is an Italian player who, quite frankly, I don't think I don't think you'll get. Um, he played for AC Milan primarily when they were in their heyday. So I genuinely don't think I would I wouldn't even get this player. Um, the I am surprised that you guys have missed this one though. I the think Ukrainian guy. Yeah, all of my hints. Well, are, I'll probably be upset when I find yeah, out. Yeah, I think you will. I think Ethan will as well. Um, I'll go ahead and give you number ten. Because I don't think you'll get him, Filippo Inzaghi. Yeah, I, would, um, I don't know who that is. Yeah, uh, number three. Do you have any final guesses? Spanish midfielder so, for Real for, Madrid, played for fourteen seasons alongside Zidane. Uh, he's mononymous, which means he goes by one name. God. <laughs> I think you you do know this player. I think, but he's somewhere in the dark recesses of your memory. Probably. Can we can we have another club that he played for? Is he real the whole time? Um, let me see. If he did play for another club, I don't know that it'll be particularly helpful for you. Um, his full name, well, I can't tell you that either. Um, okay, so he played for Real Madrid for the majority of his career. Then he had a move to Schalke, and then he played in Qatar and uh, briefly in the MLS. So actually, that's not even the MLS, is it? That's the NASL. He played in the second <laughs> league in the United States. Um, he is currently the manager of Real Madrid Castilla, which is their um, sort of B side. Uh, I don't know. Five hundred and fifty games for Real Madrid, two hundred twenty-eight goals. This is one Raúl. Uh, um, I probably I probably wouldn't have got yeah, that. Yeah, so dark. Obviously, like he is way in the dark recesses of your memory. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have got it, but I did. I do know who that is. Yeah. And now for the big reveal that you'll be very disappointed in. I think uh, one Andre Shevchenko uh, for Chelsea and Milan. I wouldn't have got that either. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know who that is. All right, fair enough. My Champions League knowledge is so only goes so far. Andrei Shevchenko, legendary. Yeah, since Palace. Yeah, um, we don't even see the light of day of Champions League. Legendary Ukrainian goal scorer who made his name at Milan, scored boatloads of goals. Absolute flop at Chelsea. Um, yeah, that's that was sort of the beginning of the whole Chelsea ruined strikers thing. That's where that came from. Was uh, Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that is the quiz finalized. Obviously the. The second quiz was much harder than the first quiz, but uh, you did honorably. You got Van Nistelrooy, which I was impressed by. Um, so, yeah, let's move on a little bit. I think we are sort of coming down to a place where we need to hustle along, so we will give some previews here quickly and then be done for the evening. So, right off, Sheffield United. You had cut out for me, so I started talking. Yeah, well, you, you like... It was weird. You started saying things, and then it, like, accelerated to catch up. And so it was like, all right, starting off with Jeff. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, go go right. ahead and start starting off with Jeff. Off. <laughs> <laughs> starting off with 
Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> they play Liverpool at home. Oh, God. Liverpool, uh, they're probably going to destroy Sheffield, if yep, I'm being yeah. honest. Yep. Um, yep, that's Liverpool are going to win. Next. <laughs> um, Chelsea versus Brighton. Uh, right now we're going to move on to Chelsea versus Brighton um, and Brighton are going to win next no <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so yeah another sort of matchup these actually are two free flowing style managers coming together um, Graham Potter versus Frank Lampard so it could be an interesting game to watch although Brighton may set up rather defensively coming up against the likes of Chelsea Tammy Abraham obviously will be looking to continue his fine form after not scoring in the game against Liverpool. So, yeah, I think this game actually might have a draw written all over it for me. Yeah, I think Chelsea are going to win, but I'm I'm not I'm inclined to say that this could be a one of those random high-scoring games. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they are very free-flowing sides that don't particularly put too much emphasis on their defense. Yeah, I think I'll play it a little safer and say Chelsea will probably win uh, by a normal margin. I wonder what Ethan's going to say. I'm very, very curious about what Ethan's going to say. <laughs> I think Chelsea are going to win comfortably. <laughs> uh, indeed. So, uh, yeah, moving on. All right, Christmas be Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, now uh, we play Norwich, and I actually think this will be a good game. I'm going to say that it's going to be a draw. Yeah, I think after a couple, couple um, meh performances from Palace, I think y'all are going to come back and uh, kind of exploit um, Norwich's random, random dip in form after coming off that win against City. And I think Palace can come away with a win in this game. Yeah, as do I. Norwich seem to have a hard time getting up for teams that are around them in the division, strangely. Uh, so I think that will come to fruition here as well. And I think Palace will win relatively comfortably, actually. Maybe not in scoreline, but I don't think Norwich will offer too much going forward in this game. Uh, now that I, I, I said that, have... <laughs> Pookie will probably score oh. a hat trick, Ethan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But, I'm just. It's funny that y'all have more faith in us than I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get on to who has faith in their club after in this very next <laughs> prediction. Uh, so we're moving on to Spurs versus Southampton, and uh, Southampton's gonna win next. Wait, who? <laughs> so honestly, though, I genuinely think Southampton might win this game. <laughs> I mean, they, they won last season, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that was that was at um. White Hart Lane, even. Oh, no, it wasn't. That was at St. Mary's. So, Well, this game is at White Hart Lane. I don't know. So, I'm just so devoid of hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think Southampton's going to win. I think it'll be 2-1. Spurs will be leading at halftime, and Southampton will come back and score, too. I think I'll win. <laughs> come on, man. If they play like they did against Palace, I think it's going to be like a wreck. Yeah, I'm just going to exploit them. But we don't play like we did against Palace very often. I can think of I can literally think of three complete Spurs performances in the last two years. <laughs> um, the first uh, Palace at home this season. Um, just, it just happened to be Palace, huh? Everton six two at Goodison Park and Bournemouth five nil at Wembley. Those are literally the three performances I can think of last season and this season. Um, I don't really think it matters 
how y'all played this game because if Southampton play like they did in their last game, well, y'all win, no I guess that's what. true. And honestly, well, Ethan, part of the problem or part of the reason why we played so well against Palace was because Palace were dire in that match. Unfortunately, do not say anything about Eric. No, Eric was dire. Do not say it. <laughs> uh, just Ooh. as soon as I said it, just, if I hear the word Eric, I'm gonna implode with rage. <laughs> um, rage. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, there are a select few people who listen to this podcast will probably understand that <laughs> um, okay so moving on <laughs> race <laughs> mute yourself mate <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, okay we're going to Everton Man City. <laughs> I, think, I think Man City could uh, get another 8 0. <laughs> Everton. <laughs> this is shambolic. This is, sh- this is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I actually I agree, hear. though. This could be a route and a half. Yeah. Everton, I've looked dire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Eric looked dire. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh dark. <laughs> oh no. I thought Lloyd looked dire. Lloyd dire? Anyone? <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we need to move on from this game as soon as possible. I think City are going to win comfortably. Me too. Okay. Let's send you to Newcastle. (laughs) I think Leicester City will dominate this game. I agree. I think they're going to take the momentum from the last game. And um, continue to utilize the the good squad that they have and uh, take away a win in this one. I have a funny feeling that Newcastle are going to win this game, and I honestly don't know why. I I think part of me just thinks that Spurs are so bad that they curse whatever team they play with (laughs) loser syndrome. No. Um, (laughs) For some reason, I just have a funny feeling that Newcastle might win this game. I don't know why. I mean, sometimes, you, sometimes you gotta go with your gut. There's absolutely no reason for me to believe that because Newcastle <laughs> have been dire and Leicester <laughs> have been very well. I'm making um, a face right now, but you can't see. Yeah, I figured that's like oh, that's like the Hot Ones episode with Shaq, where he said he would never make a face, and the whole episode <laughs> yeah. he was making faces. And he was like, I didn't make a face. <laughs> I make a face. And then, yeah, <laughs> swiftly moving on. All right, Manchester United versus. <laughs> I I I have hope, and I I kind of think actually I do. I think we can win this game, even though it's a way because Manchester have been dire. I also think we're gonna take the momentum from our last game. Why is Satanic Mister Crabs in the background? <laughs> 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 
Oh, this deteriorated so quickly. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Makes for yeah, good I, I content, think, uh, probably, hopefully, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I think I Arsenal think will probably can come win. away with the win. Yeah. This is I, someone, someone on Twitter said that this was El Sackico because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emery and uh, Solskjaer have been making questionable tactical decisions as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, honestly, I think Solskjaer might, his game, or his game, his job might be riding on this game. Um, he got no game. Possibly, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Lightning round time. So, Bournemouth and West Ham. Ethan. Um, draw. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, Bournemouth to win 2-1. Oh, I think I'm going to go 2-2 two, two draw. <laughs> okay, fair enough. One, one. All right, Villa and... Wait, Villa and Bournemouth. What? What have I written? <laughs> <laughs> the doubleheader. I've had a shock in time. Okay. Um, Hurry, <laughs> Google search. Quickly Googling. Villa are playing Burnley. All right, Villa and Burnley. Ethan. 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. Gage? Uh... Burnley to win one nil. I think I'm gonna go Villa to win one nil. All right, split table. All righty, Wolves and Watford. Negative one, negative one. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, bro. I I seriously right. am gonna go with a one one draw because I don't think either of these teams are gonna win a like they're playing each other and I still think they'll come out with zero wins each. I'm gonna go yeah. with a nil-nil draw. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, okay, it's the outro, and we're done. Goodbye.